You're listening to a podcast from the BMJ. Welcome to the BMJ podcast. I'm Harriet Vickers. A few days ago, the World Health Organization announced that hypertension is the global public health issue they will focus on for the next year, with the aim of reducing heart attacks and strokes. The need to tackle hypertension is becoming increasingly important in India, and BMJ's India editor Anita Jain spoke to Francois Decaillet, he's coordinator for health programmes at WHO India, about what needs to be done. The theme of the World Health Day uh, for this year is hypertension, and it is about taking control of uh, blood pressure. Uh, of course, hypertension is at the centre of it, but uh, Behind hypertension comes all the diseases and problems associated with hypertension. The prevalence of hypertension in the population is increasing. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you see the figures, even the average blood pressure of people in India has increased significantly in the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. Hypertension concerns uh, about a third of the population aged uh, over 25. So it's it's not a minor problem. And it's a growing problem. For families, it's a problem. Uh, Cardiovascular diseases, strokes, uh, infarctus, etc. Each and every family in this country uh, has someone who uh, has suffered or is suffering that. So what would be some of the objectives, if you could share, of, of having hypertension as the World Health theme for this year? What's the part of the campaign or some strategies being planned? The first thing is that to raise awareness mm-hmm. about it, because hypertension is a silent killer. Mm-hmm. I told you that I, have, I am suffering hypertension, so I know what I'm talking about. You don't see it. You don't, you don't feel it. Most of the times you have no symptoms. And then what? Maybe a headache uh, from time to time, or I don't know, something like this. It's also a question of awareness for government, politicians, uh, civil society, industries, everybody in the society to know that this problem exists and, and, uh, and has to be addressed. Mm-hmm. We need also to, to, to know that there are solutions. It's a problem that can be prevented, not easily, not simply, no, there is no magic bullet, but it's something that can be addressed. There are examples in, in the world where concerted and continued effort has allowed to reduce significantly, but very significantly, the burden of, okay. of non-communicable diseases. If you look at the experience of Karelia in, in Finland, concerted effort has reduced cardiovascular diseases by a huge proportion, a huge way. Mm-hmm. And of course, people live better and they feel better. If you could kind of elaborate a bit on that, so doctors or policymakers here might understand, it may serve as an example, and if there are some other such models globally that may serve as an example for India or other developing countries. I am not fan of models that were, can be transposed. But there are lessons that we sure. can learn. Yeah. First, you need a continued effort. It cannot be something that is just one shot and, and finish. Mm-hmm. Second, you need to associate different groups in the society. It cannot be just a doctor or a nurse uh, story. It is nurse and doctors, of course, and they have to contribute to it and to the change but also politicians, but also public health people, everyone has to contribute to it. This effort people have to make to to live healthier, 
has to be supported by the society. If you go to the market and you only food super, super salty uh, products, <laughs> what can you do? Or if it is the only food that is affordable to your pocket, what can you do? Exactly. Everyone has to, to, to work on this. And that, this question of what we call the multi-sectoral approach to it is important. The WHO has come up with recommend, new recommendations for dietary sodium and mm. uh, potassium intake. So uh, with those recommendations, are there any strategies being planned to, as you said, work with the industry or work with the, the national nutrition organizations to kind of uh, change patterns of behavior or make it easier for people to go to consume less salt? Uh, I think yes there are. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem it takes time, it is difficult, mm -hmm. it is complicated it, and then you have also to adjust. I'm, I'm quite sure that if you take India of course what is behind the salt intake is different if you consider, I don't know, Tamil Nadu or Kerala and, and the north. A lot of it, there, there are probably variations that yes. you need to consider that makes the things even even more important, for instance, uh, in my country, in France, 70% uh, of the salt intake comes from the bread. Okay. And, uh, and so if you reduce salt in bread, you reduce salt, in, uh, salt intake by uh, a certain... Uh, uh, it's amount, it's yeah. very important. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure this is still a concern that the Indian society in general has not taken at the right level, but of course uh, there are other problems too, so I understand that it's not uh, easy. But this is something that needs to be done. Sure. And so, so you do think at a global level it may be necessary to work uh, at, the at the level of the food industry as well to kind of yeah. uh, manage, yeah. because it may yeah. not be left and I think it's done. And I think yeah. it's done. There, there, are, there are efforts being done everywhere, but it's, it's, it's difficult. The food, the, uh, the food and the drink industries, uh, they have their own concerns, they have their own problems. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but the society has to also to organize, mm -hmm. uh, to balance this, uh, this concern with public health concerns. If it is not a dialogue, it will become a fight. <laughs> yeah. uh, clear. Yeah. A lot of progress that has been seen in some countries has been because hypertension is picked up, like high blood pressure is picked up early, and then you are able to provide yeah. patients with the right medications on a long-term basis. Now, one of the challenges in developing countries is that often it remains undiagnosed. And even if detected, people may not have access to treatment on a long-term basis. So, uh, are there any things that can that are being planned by the WHO, the government, or in general, are there any health sector approaches that may be implemented so doctors are able to, uh, you know, pick up hypertension early in their patients and also ensure that they are able to carry on with their treatment? Measuring blood pressure, this is a normal way of. This should be systematic. Mm -hmm. it, it, it should become systematic and doctors and nurses have to uh, measure blood pressure and this will help detect a number of cases. Mm -hmm. So that is something necessary. It can also be done and everywhere. I mean, having a, a, a device, an electronic device to measure blood pressure is very easy. Mm -hmm. uh, it costs what? maximum $50, something like this. If you just rely on health services for the detection of hypertension, then you will miss a number of cases. I think what is also important 
is that the health the, the health service the, the 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 doctor the nurse the health center is organized uh, and and the, the the health system is organized in a way that can offer not just measuring blood pressure but associate this with a measure of your glycemia mm -hmm. uh, are you it's not just hypertension it's hypertension plus diabetes your cholesterol I mean and is it associated or not? So you have to offer a sort of package mm -hmm. in order to measure your risks. So do you think that uh, such a cardiovascular disease, an essential package of services, may be the reality in the next few years at primary health centers? And has it been done in such a format? I think so. I think it will, it will come. It will come. The way is to change the relation that you have with your patient. It's not just a disease, a treatment, and go, yeah. and, and, and pay and go, <laughs> if I may say. But it's, okay, let me appreciate your risk, uh, your, uh, your situation, and take the best, because it's also complicated for the treatment. You can take different kind of treatment, mm -hmm. uh, using a, a diuretic, using a, mm -hmm. an alpha blocker, a beta blocker, other, other treatment, uh, depends. You, your, by changing your lifestyle, mm -hmm. uh, you can control a lot. But of course, when it comes to the, how the doctors, how the, the, the nurses, how the, the, the health staff help people yeah. ch uh, make this appropriate change, this necessary change in their daily life, mm -hmm. uh, it's not just by saying you have to. You need to accompany. You need to help them understand. You need to help them also consider the risk and, and manage that. It's not easy. Yeah. That leads beautifully into my next question for you. So what role is the WHO well positioned to play, say, creating awareness in communities or changes in the health sector or with governments? The first thing that we have to do is to study a problem. Mm -hmm. And this is what we are doing. Mm -hmm. And alerting, the, the, the raising awareness and, mm -hmm. and also helping put norms and, and standards, mm -hmm. providing guidelines to, to, to the government and to the medical community on mm -hmm. how to sure. mobilizing uh, governments, mobi mobilizing the political uh, world, uh, mo mobilizing the society, saying, listen, there is a problem and this problem is preventable and treatable and we can, it's not a fatality, we can do something. That is our role. Of course, on the technical side, we have to go into it and see what are the reasons, analyze, research, uh, provide with all this. Data. It's not to WHO to do the work at the community level here, mm -hmm. but we can also play a role of convener, build up uh, new partnerships, uh, develop uh, relations. I think that, for instance, uh, and I said it, the, the academia using our supporting uh, the collaborative, the WHO collaborative center to work on NCDs is very important, but there are, there are many other ways to do it. And also it's important that the, Indi the voice of India in this uh, general global debate is, is heard, so we, we do whatever we can to facilitate this. This is one of our role, is also to keep an eye on the situation, accountability. 
is is essential in this. So in M what way in saying the measuring, of measuring, measuring. Okay. I think that if you if you uh, it's it's not a secret and there's no, but if you look at the health information system in the world in general, uh, the attention paid to NCD in many 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 countries, India included, is not is not at the level uh, that is required. Knowing that uh, NCDs are killing more than infectious diseases, we still have a system that reports much better on infectious diseases than on NCDs. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, following, monitoring the, uh, the situation uh, when it comes to the risk factors, for instance, is also essential. Uh, it needs surveys, it needs, uh, it needs system to uh, keep an eye on the situation and, mm -hmm. and look at the different aspects of the problem. Sure. That was Anita Jane, speaking to Francois Decaillet. The BMJ has just published a couple of papers looking at the effects of cutting down on salt on health, so take a look at those for more. Links are on the podcast webpage. Next week, we'll be looking into online patient communities and the value of these not only to patients, but also clinicians and researchers. So come back then. For more information about this programme and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.